You think you know me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the kingdom. If you're listening right now, then you have entered into the realm of the kings of the rings, where we talk all professional wrestling. We break down every single week WWE, NXT, and any other company there is out there to talk about. You know it, you love it, and boy, have we got it. Every week, we are joined by the host, the founder, Will Tarashuk. Chuck Effin Palumbo. Oh, did you even watch Raw? Did you even watch Raw? And where would every front man be without his star-studded co-host, the co-founder, the co-proprietor, the man, my main man, Christian McLaughlin himself, the man of the hour, he has all the power. The party's pregnant. Corporate undertaker. Gold right there. And together, we form the Kings of the Rings podcast, where you name a ring, and we will sure as hell become the king. We have fun, we make you laugh, we have segments, we have best of the rest. And of course, in there, there's fun and games, there's impressions, there's anything you can think of, you know it, and we got it. Believe! Yeah, Macho Man coming to get you. Macho, Macho Madness, yeah, commentary, oh yeah, we're going to WCW, McMahon, oh yeah! <laughs> I, I, uh, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here, I, uh... And all that and more coming up right here on the Kings of the Rings podcast. Cause it's time, we're the kings, oh it's time of the rings. It's Kings of the Rings time! Welcome everyone to the 13th episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast. It's lucky 13, but maybe it's lucky for Seth Rollins too. I am the 11th commandment. I am Will Tarashuk. It's your boy. And I am going solo right now. Um, Christian is visiting his uncle in the emergency room. That Christian, that is not an excuse to miss a podcast. That is a reason to miss a podcast. But, as Vince McMahon says, the show must go on. No hard feelings, buddy. You will be here next week. Family comes first, damn straight. So, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I need to do a show this week because, god damn it, guys, wrestling has been phenomenal. It's that time of the year again. It's SummerSlam, the second biggest show of the year. So, the next five weeks of build-up, man, I'm looking forward to it. And that music right now you hear is the beast Brock Lesnar. And, you know what? I say it multiple times, but I stand corrected. If you didn't catch Battleground, then you're a fucking idiot. Because Undertaker came back. Now we have the Beast and the 
phenom at SummerSlam, but we will also get into that. I'll go into Kevin Owens, my thoughts on Kevin Owens. Obviously, Christian has different thoughts, and he'll tell you them when he's here, but my thoughts are very different from Christian. We have that. We have the rest of Battleground coming up. We have Raw last night, which was fantastic. Uh, indies. You know what? You know what we got tonight, guys? We have the return of 10 seconds of TNA. This might be the last 10 seconds, but goddamn, we're gonna make these 10 seconds last. Best of the rest, I don't know, I'm thinking about it. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how the show goes. It's just me tonight. It's your boy, it's Will Tarashuk. You can find me on Facebook, find me on the Twitter. It's Tees and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K, at Will Tarashuk. You can follow us on Facebook, at Kings of the Rings. Twitter, you should know the Twitter feed by now. It's K-O-T-R underscore podcast. I tweeted all of Battleground, and you know what? If you're listening to this from that Twitter conversation we've had from you, you know what? Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Um, in the future, anyone wants to call in, it's will.tarishuk at Skype, I believe. I'll double-check that. Um, join the show. Join the conversation. Go to the Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a review. Um, ideas, comments, anything, any feedback is good. Even you want huge ass, even you. Keep. I want your feedback back, you asshole. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a good show, I'm looking forward to it, cause there are two things I love in this world, one of them is the talk, and one of them is wrestling, and goddamn, this is the Kings of the Wings podcast, we have put it all together, coming up right here, Battleground, Raw, ROH, TNA, NXT, anything wrestling, it's coming up right here, Kings of the Rings. Alright, me. Let's get this show on the road. Um, so yeah. Um, going into this weekend, there was a lot of buzz around Battleground as to where it was going, what would happen. Um, the internet went ablaze, and I personally thought the internet was three quarters of an idiot. Where they were saying Sting would come back, and Taker would come back, and so many things would happen. Oh my god, this is gonna happen. Oh my god, that's gonna happen. Lesnar's gonna win, you're gonna have Triple H versus Rollins at SummerSlam for some reason. Uh, no. Well, most of those were wrong. But, to be honest, I gotta say, going back to my tweets... Um, I'm going to read you that first tweet from Battleground, which got a lot of attention for once. So you know what? I'm proud of that. Um, let's see if I can find it. No, instead of blood, they should use JR's barbecue sauce. I thought that was funny. Um, okay, here it is. The internet is expecting Sting and Undertaker to show up tonight at hashtag Battleground. Yeah, I bet the ghost of Benoit will show up too. Um, and I tweet at the end of the night, well, at least I'm still waiting on Benoit. Um, so, yeah, uh, Taker came back. I'll get into that. Owens lost... Uh, Sheamus and Orton for the 15th time, who cares? The primetime players, who cares? Uh, Ryback wasn't there because he hurt his leg or his foot, so not, no IC title match. The women were there, so you know what? That was exciting. I actually took notes for Battleground. So, um, my overall thoughts, overall, everything made sense. Like, all, all the finishes and all the storylines, yes, including Kevin Owens, until I watched Raw last night, I thought made sense. Um, the, the Taker match, uh, the, no, the Taker match, the Taker interruption, it makes sense, sort of, I'll get into that later, but kicking off the show was 
Seamus versus Randy Orton. Now, I did come into Battleground a little bit late. I missed the first few minutes dropping off Grandma, dropping off my Nana at home because she goes over for dinner. So, I gladly missed about five minutes of this match just to drop off my grandmother. That's how much of a good grandson I am. But, um, the main takeaway from the match was, well, who cares? You know, this match happens. It's been there, done that. And that's that's it. Um, the main thing I really want to talk about is mainly Sheamus. Um, he's had this briefcase for about a month, and I forget. I forget it's around. I forget he has it. And when he comes out in the ring, I still forget he has it. So this briefcase looks weaker than... I don't even know. This briefcase is weaker than the Intercontinental Championship. For real. Um, I don't know when Sheamus is going to ca- cash in. I don't care when Sheamus is going to cash in. I don't care about Sheamus, which is a shame because his heel work is fantastic. Other than my tweets where he thinks he's in a Gladiator movie. And no, Sheamus, I am not entertained by you saying, are you not entertained? Alright? Like, you're not Russell Crowe. So fuck off. But other than that, um, I mean, think about it. Rollins had the briefcase last year, and granted, he was a younger talent. Um, he was dubbed the future of the WWE. So yeah, uh, that clearly makes sense. But Sheamus is just like, well, who, who cares? You know, he's just there, and he's not going anywhere. He's not doing anything. So you know. Whatever, as I'm looking at my phone at tweets. So, we'll move on. Um, the tag team match, the primetime players won for whatever reason. Again, I don't know why the New Day isn't still tag team champions. They're the most entertaining tag team WWE has to off- offer. And that's not really saying much because their tag team division is dirt and garbage. And the worst tag team division on the face of the planet. I don't know why WWE doesn't care about their tag team division. But they have the talented guys there. And they're just floating around. Just, just holding a dick in their hands. Doing absolutely nothing. So why is the tag team division so terrible? I really don't know. And I wish Christian would give me some smarky insight that he would do. But he's, you know, off away with his family. So that's really all I want to say about the tag team division. Um, I don't know who the primetime players will face next. I don't know what's next for the New Day. I don't know where Lucha Dragons have been. I don't know where the Ascension have been. And even in NXT, the tag team division is nothing. But again, NXT will be discussed later. So I'm putting structure back into this show. Um, Last week was very all over the place. It wasn't the best show. But hey, it's a podcast. So what are you going to do? Going back to Sheamus for a second. I don't like how the fan fans keep chanting, you look stupid, I might do a best of the rest for fan chants, because a lot of them are terrible. Actually, no, most of them are terrible. A lot of them are overused. So that's what I'm going to do. Announced right now, live on the Kings of the Rings podcast, best of the rest will be the best and worst fan chants over the years. So, you can have that to look forward to. Um, yeah, so, really, Battleground started off with a bit of a lull. And really, that's about it. And then, actually, something after that, we had Steph McMahon uh, being interviewed by that girl. And holy Jesus, 
I didn't realize how big and tall Stephen McMahon was. Um, it was another thing going on. I was just I was really having a lot of fun on Twitter. Oh, okay. Here we go. The Wyatt and Reigns match, or as I put out, oh, let's get ready to be disappointed, and that's basically what happens. Um, the build-up for this match, yeah, yeah, it started off hot, I guess. Reigns could take the loss, Reigns actually needed the loss. It was good to see my boy, the bearded wonder, Luke Harper, back, the real Best beard in the business. Never mind Daniel Bryan. Look at Luke Harper's beard. You know what? Fuck that. Luke Harper is better than Daniel Bryan. I hope he never comes back. Um, but yeah, this overall build-up for Wyatt and his character would have been so much better if we weren't in the PG era. If Wyatt had a little more free reign to do whatever he wanted, if he wasn't stuck with the script, even though he does write his own. Um, so it was fine seeing Wyatt win with a distraction. It was very heelish. It doesn't make Roman Reigns look that bad. And Wyatt needs something like Luke, Har- Luke Harper. He hasn't really been the same since he lost the Wyatt family, obviously being buried by Cena and uh, buried by The Undertaker. Um, but Wyatt needs something else. He's missing something to his character. He's missing something. Maybe it's his finishing. Maybe it's his a repertoire, his move. Maybe it's Luke Harper. Maybe Luke Harper will turn around. Because um, his match with Roman Reigns was fine on Raw. But it annoys me that um, the commentary didn't obviously pick up that it was Luke Harper because... The tall guy with a beard and a hoodie. I don't know why they made it a secret as opposed to be like some kind of big reveal. I mean, obviously, it's Luke Harper. Who the fuck else would it be? But again, it's good to see him back. It's good to see him doing something, especially since, um, what's his name? Harper, not Harper, Rowan is injured. It's nice to see that that tag team division wouldn't have gone anywhere. They might have had the belts, but they were dull. They were already giving up on them before they even gave them a chance. So that dream match between the Dudleys won't happen at SummerSlam. I wouldn't even call it a dream match. That match won't happen, which is fine. Um, it's good to see Luke Harper back doing something. This man is too talented to not be doing anything, especially for a big man. He can move. He's good. His mic skills are decent. You know, not the best. Um, but unfortunately, I still believe he's going to be a mid-carder forever. But you know what? That's fine. Not everyone can be WWE champion. So let's see. Um, and after that, yeah, uh, the Roman Reigns match. The best part of that match, I tweeted this, KOTR podcast. the best part of this match is me sending emails. That's basically pretty much. Um, so moving on, something I can't believe I'm actually talking about. The Divas. I'm not, you know, I don't even like calling them Divas. The women. The women in wrestling. Now, last week on Raw, um, Stephanie McMahon brought them out. My main question or problem is just that their in-ring quality is definitely going to improve. They're giving them more time, which is fantastic. They had two matches on Raw, uh, women doing commentary. It's a step in the right direction for women's wrestling. And for the first time, and maybe ever, maybe forever, people, ever, 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 I watched a women's match from beginning to end and you know what it was fine and I liked it 
Um, Sasha, seeing Sasha Banks on the main roster, her character is still fantastic. She's translating well. The crowd's getting over. But obviously, a lot of the focus and the main focus is on Charlotte, which some people might be bothered. But quite personally, I think it's fine. Um... Because right now, Sasha Banks is still big in NXT. She's still tweaking her character and her mannerisms a little bit. Um, she's not ready to drop the women's title. And she should be on Raw TV every single week. And she should be on NXT every single week. Hopefully, we stop seeing Charlotte on NXT. Last week on NXT, their match with Sasha Banks, I think that was kind of a goodbye. Especially since Sasha broke character. She was in tears. Obviously, Charlotte was in tears. So hopefully that's a good send off for NXT the women NXT women, um, but really my main problem with these call ups is Becky Lynch. Um, I understand why she's there and she's really is a placeholder for for real. She's just there to add that third person to that third uh, team. And that's it. I don't see her gaining much momentum. I see her still being in NXT for a while. Um, once this kind of feud runs dry, I don't. I think Becky Lynch will go back to NXT. I don't think she'll be called up back to Raw for a while. But that being said, she is fantastic on NXT. She deserves a, uh, a title run in, for the women's title on NXT. Do what Sasha Banks is doing. Build her up like they built up Sasha. Have Charlotte, uh, Sasha Banks be the Charlotte... Ch- to Becky that Charlotte was to Sasha. Just build a character, make her good. Um, other than that, seeing the women on Raw was fantastic. Seeing the crowd reaction was fantastic. I'm totally for giving Divas a chance. I'm totally for giving them time, and I'm excited with what I'm seeing, and I'm honestly excited for the future, because right now, God damn it, I love wrestling. Wrestling, I don't know where the last time wrestling top to bottom for all products has been this good. It might not, WWE might not be logical, the storylines might not be 100% logical, but they're entertaining, and that pretty much sums it up, and everything, for the most part, makes sense sometimes, Um, but getting into the Kevin Owens match, which is next, I mean, if they have anything else for the Divas, oh yeah, uh, the team... Uh, with Sasha, Team B-A-D, Beautiful and Dangerous. See, it's stuff like that which gives me no hope for the Divas, where I think that I'm just being hopeful that this will turn out well, but it's stuff like that that makes me kind of doubt, because um, B-A-D is like, a lot like the B-D-C, and if you don't know what the B-D-C is, that just proves my point. Yeah. So overall, my final thoughts on the Divas is that this is a step in the right direction. Sometimes WWE likes to step two, WWE likes to take two steps forward and a step back, but hey, that still adds up to one step forward, and that's what the Divas are doing. So I will move on to what a lot of people want me to talk about. Well, what I want to talk about, and that is Owens versus Cena. Now, the internet, Christian, everybody, the majority of people thought Owens was walking away with this U.S. title, but not me. 
I knew from be- from beginning to end, there's not a chance, no chance in hell, if I can take that from the great Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr., that Kevin Owens was walking out with that title. I texted Christian before the match even started. Sorry, but I hope you're ready for Cena to win. And that's what happens. Um, this My thoughts about the match before the outcome and what happened, it was a solid match. It was not their best match by far. Um, the first match was easily their best. Now, I see this a lot. Um, kicking out of finishers and fast pace does not equal a classic, but it does equal excitement. And this match was still exciting, but specifically because it was slower. It was a little more methodical. There was a little more selling, not towards the end where it was just high spot, high spot, high spot, but in the beginning, I mean, these guys did sell, and I thought this match was great. Uh, if I give it a Meltzer rating, I'd probably give it a 3.5 to a 4. Um, which isn't bad, because that's also I'm comparing it to the other two matches, which were arguably 5-star matches. Now, to the decision to have Owens tap out, um, does this make him look weak and bad and kill his momentum? Yes. Is Kevin Owens added to the list of Carlito, Wade Barrett, Rusev, and Bray Wyatt of people John Cena has buried? Yes. Am I mad that he tapped out? Well, no. Kevin Owens is a heel. Heels tap out. That's what happens. You know why John Cena never taps out? Because he's a fucking babyface. Babyfaces don't often tap out. When Daniel Bryan won the belt at WrestleMania 30, who tapped out? Batista, the biggest heel in the company at that time. Next, Maybe next to, maybe next to Lesnar. But it makes sense. I mean, it doesn't quite make sense after kicking out of the second rope uh, attitude adjustment, which I didn't see coming. I didn't think that would happen. There were a few fall. I usually don't fall for the false fi- false finishes. Fall for the false finishes. Try saying that five times fast. But I fell for them. Um, when Kevin Owens hit that pop-up powerbomb, it took him the third time to actually connect with it. I thought that was it because um, WWE has been protecting that move. If you noticed in Japan when Owens lost the title of Balor, he didn't use the pop-up powerbomb. He didn't kick. Uh, Balor didn't not kick out of the powerbomb when it took two to three coup de gras to cap off Owens. So, they are sort of protecting him. Now, also, it wouldn't make sense for Owens to have won at Battleground because the Saturday before SummerSlam, Kevin Owens is in the rematch with Finn Balor in Brooklyn for the next NXT TakeOver. And please, come on. Really? You're going to have Kevin Owens, the United States Champion, going for the NXT title? Not only does it completely give away the ending to that match, which is pretty much already obvious anyway, but it just kind of degrades the U.S. title, and it makes it look devalued, which WWE has been spending the past four or five months making it built back up again. Um, the booking around John Cena and this belt has been near flawless. The U.S. Open Challenge is the best part of Raw since WrestleMania. The best segment. People are excited for John Cena matches. And right now, it doesn't make sense for him to drop the belt. Would you like him to drop the belt and pass it on to a younger guy? Yes. And I think eventually he will. 
how I would fix this. Um, fantasy booking right now, people. I'm going to fantasy book the shit out of the U.S. title. You have, we've been seeing on Raw the past few weeks, Cesaro, Rusev, John Cena, and Kevin Owens in this U.S. title picture. All guys who can work, all guys who can go, and every single one of them you can believe as a valuable U.S. champion, and every single one of them you want to see have that belt. Um, so, what I would do, um, you have Owens kind of like, you know, have him go, be in a match against against Cesaro on Raw last night, and he just, he just squashes him. Um, but then you have, like, Cesaro beat Rusev, and you just, you just have these guys beat each other, and eventually, building up to SummerSlam, they still want to fight Cena, and then, like, you have, like, a, some sort of tournament. You have a triple threat, you have a two out of three falls, like, something to have the number one contender, and you have Owens win, and you have Cesaro look good, you have Rusev look good, but at the same time, you're giving Owens that push he needs over mid-carders like Rusev and Cesaro, um, to make him a valuable candidate, again, for the U- U.S. belt, and you have him win at SummerSlam. It's much more memorable, it's a bigger moment, a lot more eyes will be on the product, and it just, it just overall makes sense storyline-wise. Now, granted, this would be a 2-2 tie for the feud, and do you really want a best of five for Night of Champions at September? Um, no, but honestly, I think when Cena drops the belt, I don't think... He's going to ask for his rematch clause. He's going to pull the whole, I don't deserve a rematch because I'm fucking John Cena. And obviously, he's at the, in, in kayfabe terms, that just means uh, Vince McMahon doesn't want him to lose two pay-per-views in a row. So, that's just what's going to happen. Well, that's what I would want to happen. You have these three guys fight for a shot at Cena's title, and in the end, you have Kevin Owens on top. It's perfect. It's booking, and it's easy. But that's... I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, right now, the U.S. title is too relevant. John Cena is too relevant. And it just doesn't make logical sense for it to happen. For him to lose the belt. But then again, this is WWE, where sense makes no sense. And it's it's, it's illogically logical. If that makes sense, which it doesn't, which is okay. Um, it's kind of funny how WWE will put so much thought into storylines and logic with 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 some aspects of superstars and some like titles and storylines, but not give two shits if it makes sense, literally or story kayfabe in other storylines. So let me give an example. Obviously, the Cena thing makes sense because I just broke it down for you, but what doesn't make sense is the fact that Taker came back now and the fact that they're having a match at SummerSlam. And again, as I said earlier, it makes sense, sort of, because a lot of it doesn't make sense. And I realize I'm kind of going back on my words a lot. I'm saying it makes sense and it doesn't make sense a lot, but that's probably because I'm still trying to piece it out. I'm still trying to see in my mind if I like what's going on. If I got to decide if I'm going to be a mark or if I'm going to be illogical, uh, illogic. That, that, that's not a real word. But if I'm going to be a mark, or if I'm going to play it out what makes sense storyline-wise. If I'm going to be a mark or an asshole, basically. But before I get to Taker, let's break down Lesnar versus Rollins. 
Um, the match was boring. The crowd really weren't into the suplexes that much. They I mean they kind of were. Rollins selling sure, ragdolled fine, but Rollins did literally nothing the whole night. Nothing. Right now, Seth Rollins looks weaker than Kevin Owens. At least give him some offense. Let him do something. Let's not make John Cena the only one who can have offense against all well, Roman Reigns did, sort of. Real offense against Brock Lesnar. I'm sick of these just destroying matches. I get it, he's a beast. But something. Give me substance. Last year at SummerSlam, he destroyed Cena, made him his bitch. Fine. That was amazing for the first time. Night of Champions, they had a little well-fought battle. Ended in disappointment. I don't even remember the finish. I just remember it was dumb. And then Lesnar fought again, probably at Mania, and he pretty much ran right through Roman Reigns for the most for the most part, other than like finisher, 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 high spot, high spot, high spot. And again, that was only looked so well because goddamn Lesnar knows how to sell. But I need a real match. And the suplexes were cool, but it's been done so many times. Now granted he did have thirteen of them. Which is a lot. So he goes for the win. And then you hear the gong. Now everyone loves this gong. Now the internet said it was coming. But I didn't believe it. I had no fucking belief. That Undertaker would come out. But goddamn, there he was. And when that gong hit. My mouth dropped. And when the lights went out. My mouth still dropped. And when I saw him in the ring. That holy shit moment that wrestling gives me every now and then where I just can't believe what I'm seeing and I can't take my eyes off the TV screen. If I'm on my Game Boy, if I'm on my phone, if I'm on Twitter, if I'm on my laptop, if I'm doing something else, it's one of those moments I'll throw that shit aside and I will watch the TV screen to see what happens. It's those moments that I live for that I don't know what's going to happen. Which is why I love wrestling. Which is why right which is why right now I am a huge fan of professional wrestling, top to bottom, which is a huge reason why I'm doing this podcast, even solo. Um it might be boring to listen to me just go off on this go off like a 45 minutes to an hour talk. It's better, more entertaining with Christian and with AK here. A lot of shenanigans, me making a fool of myself, maybe. But I kind of value these solo shows because I can just talk about how I feel about wrestling, about something that I love, and just just keep it real, you know? Just, just speak to my audience, our audience, Christian, our audience, sorry. Okay, I'm getting off track. So, Undertaker comes out, and at first... I'm thinking, God damn, he looks great. And the camera gets closer. And I'm thinking, God damn, he does not look great. Um, he has a little bit of a belly. And kind of hairy. You see that back hair on his shoulder? Like, ugh, fucking gross. But the guy just turned 50. Give him a break. So he came out. And one thing Taker did the best on at Battleground. I would say the best thing about Battleground was the man's face. Um, 
his eyes, his like his anger, the way he curled his lips and his scrunch in his face. You believed that he was just pissed at the world. That the streak ending was the end of him. And that he needs his vengeance, and right now, goddamn, he's gonna get it. So, he looked real. He made me forget that it's Mark, like Mark Calloway playing a character. And that Brock Lesnar knows what's gonna happen. But the, the look on his face, this, his, his jaw drop, the way he looked, it was like looking into a mirror. That's how I felt when I saw The Undertaker. So, but the way, the way Taker held himself, and the way he presented himself, and the way he fought, it was rough. It was vicious for a 50-year-old man. That kick to the balls made me think, is he a heel? Has Undertaker, Undertaker turned heel? Which is another thing that doesn't make sense. Lesnar is built as his baby face. Everyone cheers for him. And I bring back Undertaker. Does that make Lesnar a heel again? Or are you going to have two baby faces? Just like the WrestleMania matches between Taker and Shawn Michaels. Either or, I think it's going to make for incredible television and incredible pay-per-views. And it's going to be a big draw and a lot of money. Which is really why they're doing this. Um, this is happening because people are going absolutely bananas. They are going ape shit crazy for this. And you saw this on Raw. Which I'll get into a tiny, just a few minutes. There's a few things I want to cover beforehand. People were going nuts at Battleground. They were going nuts at Raw. To the point where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Taker's a babyface. It doesn't matter if he's a heel. It doesn't matter if Corporate Undertaker comes out. If Corporate Kane comes out. And Christian was right all along and the Corporate Bullets of Destruction were a real thing. All that matters. That's SummerSlam. I'm going to see the dead man. First the beast. Oh, I'm getting into the fucking moment right now. Holy shit. So, Taker vs. Lesnar is official. Now, the plot holes that come into the story, where I'm saying WWE does the logical thing illogically, this is the logical thing for business. But it's not the logical thing for storyline. Let's put it this way. Back at WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar and Undertaker were on the same card. Why wouldn't Taker get his revenge then? You can't be telling me he was focused on Bray Wyatt. He did nothing for the build-up. He just showed up and beat his ass. You can even say Undertaker didn't care about Bray Wyatt. Because the story, the story they're telling now, all he was thinking about and all he was caring about was Lesnar. That's the story they're telling. And that's the character Undertaker is playing. So why wait? Lesnar had the belt. 
You want to conquer the beast, you take what's most precious from him. But no. They had Rollins do that. And have Rollins think that he conquered the beast. That's not the story they're telling. WWE is backtracking. And the logic behind it, it illogically makes sense. Again, it makes sense for business, but doesn't make sense for storyline. Which is fine, because honestly, most people, the common fan, isn't going to care about the plot holes in the storyline and how it doesn't make sense. They're just glad to see The Undertaker back in the ring, and they're especially glad to see him be face Brock Lesnar. Now, what I'm assuming to happen, I'm assuming that Lesnar is going to lose at SummerSlam. Undertaker is going to get his revenge and conquer the beast. Finally, he is going to be the one who ends his his basically two and a half year winning streak, pretty much. Even though he's only wrestled like six times total. Now, that is something I have the biggest problem with. Again, this is me being the logical human being and not your common wrestling fan. You're going to have Brock Lesnar, the MMA champion, the beast, the guy who's run through your top babyface in John Cena, the dominance he faced, and you're going to have him lose and be conquered by a 50-year-old man who's who's a shadow of what he once was. Now, granted, the mystique in the character is still there, and Undertaker might look good, especially with what we saw in Raw, but how long can he really go? You're not going to see a Shawn Michaels-Undertaker match. You're not even going to see a Shawn Michaels-Triple H match. You're going to see Brock Lesnar vs. Undertaker from WrestleMania 30. Except this time, hopefully Taker's not concussed, and hopefully he comes out on top. But you're not going to see your typical taker match. And that is something the UFC does. Where there's no guarantee you're going to get a great match. A great fight. All that really matters is the build-up, the promotion, and getting asses in seats. If you get people in seats, you already have their money. In UFC, honestly, it doesn't really matter how the main event goes. Because you already have your money. You don't think it can affect how can you make more money in the future. And that's smart but not smart by WWE. Because you have to make money, it's a business. But at the same time, this is storytelling and it has to make sense. I wish that Lesnar would put over a younger talent like Rollins or even Roman Reigns eventually. It would make him the younger guy over for life. That's a marker he could carry with him forever. Now, granted, someone said that young person should have put over the Undertaker, but that's a different case because I believe Undertaker should be able to put over who he wants to put over. And if someone was going to... If there was one person that Undertaker would put over out of respect in his choice, with his blessing, let's say, it's Brock Lesnar because he has respect for that man. And Lesnar respects him back. And this match SummerSlam is the main event. And I also have mixed feelings about that. But let's let's get into Raw. 
Raw started out with Undertaker coming out, delivering a promo. And again, by the way he talked, his mannerisms, his grittiness, his disgust, it sounds like he's a heel. That's still weird to hear. It's not normal. It's weird. But it was nice. It was refreshing. And God damn it, it was awesome. Now, I kind of checked out on Raw for the next, like, half hour or so. Um, I don't really know what happened. I know there was a Divas match. Again, same thing. Um, I believe Charlotte picked up the win, which, good, she needs to be pushed. She tapped She tapped out uh, Brie Bella again. After that, maybe a primetime players thing. Honestly, I don't know. Because I, I was on my laptop. I was doing some work. I was doing some work for school, screening them stuff. Um, but then Paul Heyman came out. Once you see Paul Heyman on a TV screen, you put down what you're doing, and you watch. You watch the magic. Because again, he is someone, with the way he speaks, and the way he gets into it, and his facial expressions, that's where the money is. Now he talked... Uh, Lesnar was, supposed, was supposedly not going to be there, so when I heard the gong and Undertaker came out, I was expecting a tombstone, or a choke slam, or something, something basic, something easy to get the crowd pop and excited. But what does WWE do? Oh no, they unleash everything. They have Brock Lesnar come out, and you have a good old, old good old, old-fashioned beatdown in a brawl. Now. Typically, when this happens, you have the referees come down, try and break them up. They have a few goes at each other. After that, you have the locker room come down. They may have one more, one or two more goes at each other. But these guys went on for about 10, 15 minutes. They went through a commercial break. They were all around the ring, all around ringside, up the ramp, in the back. These guys went at it. And I think that was to show that Taker's still mad. He can still move. And... Even if he's being held back, he's still in physical shape. And it's how much these guys want to beat the living hell out of each other. And that's just something wrestling fans can look forward to. As you can hear, my mom and dad came up to my 90 degree house. Oh my god, it's so hot up here. But yeah, this beatdown went on a long time. It didn't stop. And again... I was glued to my TV screen. I put down what I was doing. And I watched. And I fell for it. I fell into the story. I fell into the moment. I didn't care if it made sense. All I cared about was what was in front of me. And I ate it up. I ate it up like a little kid who eats up John Cena getting a victory over everybody. And speaking of John Cena, he's coming up next. Because he's the only thing I really want to talk about on Raw. Um, but right now, Lesnar and Undertaker is your main event. And, mix, again, mixed feelings. Cause it's, it's the big money draw. But your main event should be your belt. Your WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And again, Seth Rollins is just kind of being forgotten. He's being ignored. He's just another face in the crowd. And they're devolving his title reign. And that's just not really the path you want to take. Because it makes you think, maybe he's just a transitional champion. That's not what you need. 
out of your champion. So I had high hopes for Kevin Owens going into the future, but what happened next gave me serious doubts and a lot of fear. We had Seth Rollins come out, and he addressed the universe, and I was waiting for someone to come out, because whoever came out has to be his next challenger. Dean Ambrose. Maybe Roman Reigns. Fucking anybody. Luke Harper. Anybody. But John Cena. And who comes out? Fucking John Cena. What does Bray Wyatt say? Anyone but you. And right now, that's what I'm saying to John Cena. Anyone but you. Because the last thing I want to see, and I think most people want to see, is a champion versus champion match at SummerSlam. What's the point? Who cares? And who's going to win? Most importantly, who's going to lose? And what are they going to lose? And how bad are they going to lose? And how bad is that going to make them look? How bad is it going to hurt their character? There is no upside to having John Cena versus Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. Money, business, or storyline. Does it make sense? It's stupid. In the second round of Raw, I checked out. Didn't care. Because the main problem people have with Cena is him being in the main event. And putting him with Rollins at SummerSlam will be a co-main event. And that's close enough. In this situation, it's close enough. So that's really all I have to say about that. Um, other than the fact that this makes me think that Kevin Owens is going to be stuck in the mid-card forever. Which is highly unfortunate. Because he is too good. He's too good of a talent to do that. He's too good on the mic. He's proven he's fantastic in the ring. And it's just not what we need right now in our WWE. So... Because NXT has just been garbage. It's been bad. It's been awful. It's been unwatchable. Pretty much. You have Samoa Joe doing whatever Samoa Joe's doing. That feud with Owens isn't really going anywhere. You have Finn Balor, a champion, who has not been seen on a show since before the 4th of July. After the 4th, that next week on NXT, they replayed the match from Japan. For whatever reason. It's been a lot of focus on the women, which is fine, because the NXT women deserve it. But where has Finn Balor been? And where is he going? Who's he going to face? Who's his real competition? He's going to beat Owens in Brooklyn, which he should. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm not saying he shouldn't have this belt for a very long time and help improve his character. Because as I said in the previous podcast, I'm sold on Finn Balor. I'm sold on his character. I was always sold on his abilities. And I am a Finn Balor guy. But NXT recently has just been basically squash matches. Um, every match is predictable. You know who's going to win. They did Jason Jordan with uh, Chad Gable, whatever the hell his name is. Which is good. I mean, they need another, they need another tag team. But that's kind of a storyline. They... They have the VOD villains as the number one contenders after winning two matches after being jobbers like two months ago. 
Yay! Who cares? I don't. They're gonna lose. To fucking white guy number one and white guy number two. NXT's been disappointing. And it doesn't give me high hopes for the future. Which is what I've been saying for a very long time. Um, because they had their top indie talents who have been veterans in the indie scene, but have viewed as rookies on NXT. And that's why NXT has been so good, because they have experienced guys who have been given the chance to do what they can do. And now, what are you left with? You're left with the people who put them over. And they look weak as fuck. So they gotta build more stars. And they gotta do it fast. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Because they have a lot of enhancement talent. Not many stars. So I guess that's... That's really it for NXT. Oh, Baron Corbin. Let's talk about Baron Corbin. Um, Baron Corbin got exactly what he needed. He got a vignette. Where he is now a heel. Which is fantastic. This is something I did not know about Corbin. It gave substance to the character. It showed his smarky accomplishments. And how good he is. And how much of an asshole he could be. And it gave me faith for him. Give me faith in him. That at least NXT is trying. They're trying to build their next star. So can Baron Corbin be what the WWE needs? I mean, not WWE, but NXT needs. And I hope so. I hope so. And again, where's Joe going? Who knows? Um, I don't know. I don't even have any ideas. Maybe Baron Corbin. Maybe go for the title. But right now, he's a face. And face versus face just doesn't always work. Then we have Sami Zayn. Again, remember. A lot of their big talents are injured. You have Sami Zayn. Hideo Itami. They're out. And who knows how long longer they'll be out. Once they come back. Um, especially with Sami Zayn. Will he be to the main roster? Or will he be back in NXT? I guess it really depends. Only time will tell. So on to the indie scene, the indie circuit. Um, really, ROH. ROH is great television. Um, but I don't get it. I don't get what's going on. Every week seems like it's a different show. There's no fluidity. There's no flow. It's just... It feels like every show is independent of each other. And don't get me wrong. I love seeing Nakamura on there. I love seeing AJ Styles. I love seeing the Bullet Club. But these guys are not average guys. They are not, as far as I know, on the ROH roster. There's guys who are coming and going every now and then to put on an entertaining match. And if that's ROH's gimmick, it's fine. It's different. I'll give them that. But I don't get it. Especially since they have some storylines, but then it's not every week. With Jay Lethal, Moose, I haven't seen him in a while, and King Kalino's kid and those that whatever, whoever those guys are. Like last week, we saw the we saw the Kingdom on ROH TV, which is fantastic. I love seeing the Kingdom. I saw them live. I'm gonna see them live again this Sunday. 
at Beyond Wrestling's American Rana 9, whatever the number is. Anyone in Rhode Island or in the area, get tickets to the show. Because God damn it, it's going to be phenomenal. Me and Christian will be there. AK, I'm hoping, will be there. And we are going to have an amazing time and hopefully steal more hot dogs. So, Christian was supposed to explain ROH to me and what's going on and the main characters. I just sweat on my chest. I'm enjoying Jay Lethal. I'm loving what I'm seeing in ring. Everything is entertaining. They probably need to slow down, but whatever. That's just nitpicking. So now it's time to bring back the old segment. It's time to bring back 10 seconds of TNA. Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. After Slammiversary, TNA announced that James Storm, Gunner, and a bunch of their other talents is gone from TNA. So basically, RIP TNA. That's 10 seconds. That's all I'm going to give them. That's all I'm going to spend. Because their product is terrible. And they're dead. September, they're dead. And I hope they're dead. And I have been a bigger supporter of TNA that I can't even remember that I've ever seen on the internet anywhere. So that's really it. So we got nine minutes left. So let's do this. Let's do this shit. Let's do best of the rest. I'm not going to introduce a segment because only Christian can do it like that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut it in. Just for the shake. Just to shake. Just for the sake of it. Because, well, why not? So this week, as I said earlier, in Prop 2, crowd chance. Now, one of the most important part of any WWE show, of course, is the crowd. Um, if they're dead, the show seems dead. It makes it seem like the show is not as good. The aiming park isn't good. But when they get too into it, it also takes me out of it. Um, overused chance. This is awesome. Holy shit. And you still got it. Every time a wrestler who's been out for a little bit or is old like The Undertaker or even Ric Flair. If Ric Flair comes in and gives a punch and goes, whoa, people go, you still got it. Um, terrible. Overdone. Um, it's dumb. And it's overused. Hate it. It's not the worst. Holy shit. It's appropriate when it's appropriate. Um, when Mick Foley got tossed off the Hell in a Cell, holy shit was not chanted. There was just cheers and shock and awe. Now, we see like Lesnar do four suplexes, maybe one on the outside, and a ram into the steel steps. And we hear the holy shit. We hear someone go through a table. We hear holy shit. We hear someone get knocked off a ladder. We hear holy shit. Now, I remember last year at Hell in a Cell when Rollins and Ambrose went through a table. That deserved the holy shit. The This Is Awesome chant is my least favorite chant in professional wrestling. You have the Divas, the NXT Divas, standing in the ring doing nothing. 
and you'll hear the This Is Awesome chant. Now please, someone tell me, what's so awesome? Yes, they're finally here, they're getting their moments, but that's not awesome. That's earned. That's deserved. That's something that's a long time coming. It's not awesome. What's awesome is the Kevin Owens-John Cena match, that first match. What's awesome is the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match. That match that will be remembered for years to come. Matches you will be telling your friends about. Telling your kids about. Showing them on the WWE Network to someone who's never seen a match before. So the This Is Awesome chant is the most overdone and worst chant in professional wrestling. And let's just call the best of the rest. Um, so, best? It's kind of hard to say. It's probably the what chant. Now, granted, it's disrespectful. Granted, it's a stone-cold gimmick. But it's something that will live on. Something that's always used appropriately. Something that's always used right. And something that's not always used often. And honestly, I can't really think of any others. You know what? That's really foolish of me. Because now that I think of it, the yes chant is an amazing chant. The call and response of Let's Go Cena and Cena Sucks is an amazing chant. Always used appropriately and always used right. So never mind the what chant. The best chant, the best of the rest, is Let's Go Cena. Cena Sucks. Because it sums up his character. It sums up who he is. And it sums up why he will never turn heel. You turn him heel. Everyone booing John Cena will be cheering him as a cool baby face, a cool heel. Mm. And everyone cheering him will feel betrayed by him. The Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks chant is not only perfect for his character. But it's perfect for wrestling. It's perfect for the WWE. Because it is the great divide between wrestling fans of old and wrestling fans of new. The Attitude Era and the PG Era. Where wrestling has been and where it's going. Wrestling chants will continue to evolve. They'll always change. You have stupid chants like Justin Bieber. That'll die. But as a reason why it's never on this list. As long as Cena is alive and in WWE in some way, shape, or form, which will be until the day he dies. Hopefully no time soon. The Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks, will be with him forever. And it will live on forever. And that's why he is the best of the rest. And the This Is Awesome chant is something that will never go away. 
It's something that will be always be overused and used not at the right time. But always, when it should be used, it will always be used. But when it shouldn't be used, it will also always be used. So there you have it. That's the best of the rest. And that's the show. It went a little bit differently than I thought it would. Um, you can probably notice that I started to change even how I delivered my speaking throughout the show. Um, I feel good. I feel like I've slowed down, which is something I've been focusing on when I've been talking on mic to begin with. Maybe I've been inspired because I've been listening to a lot of solo guys doing podcasts. Maybe it's just me getting better. But as I continue to grow as a broadcaster and a podcaster, I hope the audience continues to grow. So again, if you're listening to the show, thank you. Tell your friends, comments, be a part. Spread the word. Because this is something that's not going away anytime soon. It's something that me and Christian, well, I work very hard to. And Christian cares. Christian puts a lot of effort in. I'm not saying he doesn't. But this show is heart and soul in the work, in the hard work. Is done by me, and I do it. I do it not just for me, but I do it because I care. Because I love to talk. Because I love wrestling. You have been listening to the lucky 13th episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast. It was fun going slow tonight. It was something I think I had to do. I had to get this wrestling bug and how my thoughts and my feelings off of my chest. My very sweaty chest in my 95 degree upstairs room. Because hot air rises and so does Kings of the Rings. Next week, hopefully I will be joined by Christian, and hopefully he won the only AK Alex Karakostas. I love having him on the show. Me and Christian love having him on the show. All the fun comes in, but tonight was about business. Tonight was about wrestling, because right now, I love wrestling. And right now, I love to talk. And I will sit up in this hot room for an hour or more, doing my research, doing my homework, for you, the few people who listen, and the people who will be listening to this in the future. So again, I'm the 11th Commandment, I'm Will Tarashuk, T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. Find me on the Facebook, I will accept your friend request, I will talk to you. Find the page on Facebook, give it a like, give it a comment, give us best of the rest comments, suggestions. Tell us how you like pro wrestler or porn star, and thank Christian for that one. Right on his wall, tell him we want him back. Christian, next week we want you back, where you belong. As my co-host, my co-creator, my co-founder, my co-fucking everything. And you can find us on the Twitter webs at KOTR underscore podcast. I will remain to tweet when I'm watching wrestling. I will be there. I will be tweeting all shows, all live events, all NXT, all ROH, everything. Follow, join, retweet, favorite, discuss. Piss me off. I don't care. I'll piss you off right back. Because right now... It's the Kings of the Rings podcast, and I'm the King of the Rings, and by God, by the love of God, by the people, for the people, I will be here next week, and hopefully Christian is here too, and if he is not, I will see you next week. <laughs>